Welcome to the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast with me, Kathy Love. I'm a business coach who helps allied health professionals run powerful and profitable businesses in the disability sector. Join me for cutting edge interviews with leaders in the allied health and business fields, along with plenty of practical content that you can use to make your business practice perfect. Hello, everybody. Today is quite the catch-up. I haven't had a conversation with these wonderful business owners for yonks, as they say. Melissa Bryan and Annabelle Griffin from Chrysalida, welcome. Hello. Hello, hello. We're going to need some hand signals as to who talks, I think, but we'll figure that out as we go. Um, Annabelle, I want to kind of just start with what we were just talking about before I hit record. 13 years and still here. Just about, yep. We're still here. <laughs> years we did it, so. Yeah. And what is it about those 13 years that you're just so proud of? Uh, I think the teamwork between Melissa and I. Yeah. yeah. The, fact, the fact that we managed to ebb and flow with each other's, um, like, you know, ups and downs and step into each other's space when needed and then we work, you know, work really well as a team Um, there's never a question of if one of us needs to step back because there's a reason, then there's just no question. It's like, well, well, of course you can. And I've got, I've got this for a while. And I think without that, given what, you know, life steps in when Mm. life works around, around businesses, I think if you, if you've got that, then, then you can still be here at, you know, in the long term. I think that's what makes the difference cool adaptable partnership so Annabelle is a clinical psychologist Melissa is an occupational therapist and their business is Chrysalida in the northern parts of uh, the Melbourne suburbs Melissa what are your thoughts on 13 years of a business marriage and it is (laughs) yes Uh, yeah like Annabelle said I I think particularly you know I I mean we've had challenges over the 13 years but particularly you know for different reasons the last you know 12 months in particular I mean you really know that you've got a very strong (laughs) partnership when Mm. you you can you know step back for sometimes for personal reasons months at a time and then clock back on again and and I think yeah, um, Val and I are trusting in each other's c- clinical and professional and ethical <laughs> decision making. Mm. Um, and so when one of us is not there, we can fairly easily kind of think, well, I think this is what Val would think and we can be confident in that decision. And, you know, that's that's quite an amazing (laughs) space to be. Yeah, yeah. So as kind of co-business owners, where where have you had to kind of really figure out the rules of the game over the 13 years? Because it's not as though it was an overnight thing. How did you kind of navigate the rules and the hows? Well, when we started, we were just talking about this, when we started... um, I don't know that it always happens this way. I don't think it often happens this way. Um, before we uh, started running a business together, Melissa and I actually didn't know each other at all, um, which is a probably a unique situation. Melissa and Robin Lowe, another OT, were going to open um, a practice 
And um, I came along looking to rent a room and I identified very quickly that I had a lot in common with these wonderful women and that they were going to open something that was right up my alley and that it was going to be excellent and I didn't want to just rent a room. I actually was interested in being far more involved and I'm a bit pushy like that sometimes. Just date crash the party. And I kind of said, are you interested, very gently, are you interested in a third partner? And they said, well, funny you should mention that. We were actually kind of really keen to find a third partner. So um, we went out and had a lunch and we had a chat and we found that our values just all really aligned. Mm. But we'd never worked together. Mm. So there was definitely a lot of, I think, shared values is really key because if you've got shared values, if you're all coming from the same place in terms of we'd all worked in public mental health and things like that and we all had the same idea of setting up a practice that allowed us to work in a really, you know, a really good way with families, a really family-centred way in a really supportive way and support each other as teammates and colleagues and work collaboratively but without a lot of the bureaucracy and the downward pressure and we we all wanted to do this for the same reasons. So if, if that if you're coming from that point, mm-hmm. the practicalities and the decision makings about how you're going to get make these decisions, they come really naturally. There's mm-hmm. not, you know, because you're actually all going to come to the same conclusion, really. They're very small decisions. There's, there's, it's not to say we agree on everything because we don't, but generally we, we get there pretty quickly because we're coming from the same point. Would you agree, Mel? Yes, yeah. And I think, yeah, that was the beauty and, you know, and I think with Robin Lowe there initially and particularly as, you know, Annabelle was getting to know myself and Robin, I think the three of us worked really nicely and um, and that little trio I think made it a safer jump into um, business. Uh-huh. Certainly for me it felt very safe jumping in with two other very experienced, knowledgeable um women and I think all three of us brought different things to that initial relationship and the startup very um, much yeah and, and we still you know um and then use down the track for you know different developmental kind of professional reasons and personal reasons it became a partnership but I think yeah we still you know we know our strengths and we know our weaknesses and vice versa and I think that you know I, I guess that does take time to to get to know that, but I, I think we made the time. Whatever has happened over the 13 years, we have made the time to meet. And Annabelle had two um, one-year-old twin daughters when we met, um, and so we met at Annabelle's house. And a, lot. a lot. <laughs> yeah, and so the flexibility. And even, you know, Annabelle and I occasionally have different ideas regarding our vision and our business plan and Annabelle's husband <laughs> is the third person in this um, little marriage here because he can step in as a, a big picture person and strategic person and help us sort out where we're going. So, and we are fortunate that that actually is his skill set. He's not just yes, pretending. He's not pretending. But, I mean, I should say, you know, he is a strategic communications professional and he does come in and say, okay, well, have you thought about this? And we say, well, no, actually we hadn't really thought about that and that's that's really quite helpful um, for us sometimes. So I think, yeah, gradually over the years what we've realised is is we've which bits Mel is particularly good at and which bits I maybe have more of a strength in and we've naturally sort of slipped into those roles and um even you know even in a meeting with a with a therapist where we have to maybe 
discuss a, a tricky topic or with a, a family where something's happened where we need to sort of appro- approach something, we have roles in those meetings now that we naturally sort of fall into because they're our strengths. And um, But that took years. That didn't come. Mm-hmm. It took years for us to learn that about ourselves mm-hmm. and and to and for that to naturally happen and and that that's really helpful now and we appreciate that now but it took a long time and managing an ever growing team i have over 35 part timers now um you need some skills in being able to communicate clearly effectively regulate yourself amongst pretty emotional yeah. just- often um yeah so I think growing it slowly has has helped and yeah and asking like Annabelle and I started with not even reception like we used to take our own payments um you know at the front desk and we had a bookkeeper for six hours a week or something that's all we had as our extra staff we did all our own intake. We did, you know, in between our clients, we were we were taking all the intake and then referring it to other client, other therapists. We were doing it all, but um, but that understanding each other's that understanding each other's strengths really comes to play when crises hit. Because if we look back at last year, um, it was very much a case of well, if we didn't understand what each other was, maybe had a slightly better bent towards it would have been, well, there's 17 jobs that need to be done in March because how are we going to navigate this Mm. situation where, you know, we have to move 35 therapists to telehealth across two centres. But very clearly it was was quite easy to delineate the jobs and the roles because I was going through a period of not not seeing um, clients. I stepped back from clients so I could be a bit more managerial because the stage my children are in and things like that. So it was just straight away, well, I'm more across the books and the finances, right? I'll I'll sort out the job keeper. I'll keep an eye on the bookkeeping bit and manage all of that. Mel's still seeing clients. She'll support them with the telehealth because she's going to actually be doing that. So she's going to be more immersed in. And it just became, because if we both tried to do everything, no. then we wouldn't do any of it well. Yeah. So it naturally became, well, you do that bit, I'll do that. Okay, now that we're okay, we've got, and, and we can very quickly do that um, because we know what each other is good at now. Yeah. Divide and conquer and play yeah. to your strengths. Yeah, yeah. So walk us in the door of Chris Alida. There's two centres, but walk us in the door. Who's there? Who's on your team? What do you do? And please see if you can paint a beautiful picture of what the side of your building looks like. <laughs> can I talk about why we're called Chris Alida? Yeah, be- yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Um, so when Robin, Annabelle and I were talking about names for our space, um, we really, we all agreed that we wanted something that was a little bit kind of mysterious um, but had meaning and significance and to the place where we work. Um, and at that time what had meaning and significance to me as well was um, having worked very hard to learn Spanish as a second language and being fluent at the time, I was really opting, I was really trying to say, can we have something that's Spanish, so, you know, <laughs> Yeah, and we're going Indigenous, Spanish. We're just trying to think, well, what would work? And then, Belle, was it you? It was a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine, Trudy, who had a um, a 16-year-old who basically was the most beautiful thing. She said he's going through a lot of anxiety and he's spending a lot of time in his room under his doona and I like to think of it as like that's his cocoon. Mm. 
Mm. And when he comes out of it, he's going to be a beautiful butterfly. And, um, you know, 13 years later, the uh, sequel to that is he's a beautiful, he's married, he's a beautiful butterfly, he's got on with his life, he's down, he's having a great life. So that's amazing anyway. That makes me want to tear up. But um, it got me that sense of like a cocoon being like a protected place of development. Um, and that's the actual meaning of a cocoon. So another word for cocoon is chrysalis, and we came up with chrysalida. And, and we just we wanted it to not have the words mental health or therapy in it, really. Mm. Um, so kids could say, oh, I'm just going to chrysalida after school. I'm not going to the therapy centre, you know, because it's little mm. kids going to chrysalida. And on the side, down the track, when we moved eventually, and I think I worked out it was 2000, uh, 2012, we moved to Thornbury, we had a great long expanse which is where we are now. We're in Thornbury and Preston, a great long expanse of blank wall that was very attractive to um, graffiti artists <laughs> repeatedly, no matter what we did to it. So we um, were one of the first people to get the grant from Darabin Council and we uh, co-funded with Darabin Council a fabulous um, street artist, Tom Civil, mm. to put a beautiful mural on the side of it. Uh, and he collaborated with us and with the meaning and everything and it's all beautiful uh, flowering gum trees with um, the wanderer butterflies and chrysalis cocoons and um, and caterpillars all down the side of our building. And it's, um, you know, we did it to, to stop the graffiti, which it did. Um, we did it to brighten up the side of our building, but it actually had a therapeutic impact we weren't expecting. The kids are so distracted by it when they're coming on the first day. They don't Parents say they just, you know, they're talking about it as they're coming in the building and they, they're still talking about it in the waiting room. They they just love it. It's just beautiful. So, yeah, and you walk down the laneway and you walk into our door and that, that's your welcome. Yeah. yeah. Carried on the theme at our second premises, we asked Tom to come back again and we invested all of, you know, we did, he wasn't subsidised that time, but that how valuable I guess you know and and even working with Tom you know who's such a community figure in the art world and the street art that he's done around it's really lovely to be part of that mm. as well and to give back in you know and he gives back it's it's yeah it's just really um precious I guess mm. and, and I think with Chris Alita too that protected place of development we needed something that wasn't just child and adolescent we do do adult we do see adults and have a lot of adult therapists in our team as well now family therapy as well everything like whatever needs to be protected and have a place to develop yeah 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 the um mural is just breathtaking and um I haven't told you guys but um one of our neighbours has named their property just a few blocks, big blocks down. I'm out of town now, um, and it's called Chris Alita. And every time I drive past, I think, oh, I wonder how the, I wonder how they're going. And <laughs> so, um, yeah, special, special, special name. So, describe for us who's on your team, the services you offer. So, um, we have, I'll start with the OTs because that just makes sense. I've just had an OT stream meeting in the past week um, and we have uh, approximately, and I might not quite get this right, but approximately about 15 OTs at the moment on the team, um, all working part-time, all with varied um, degrees of experience uh, and preferences for, for work. And I guess the, the beautiful thing I think about Chris Alita is that we try and tailor the therapist's needs and niche 
and also their desire to expand into new areas or different areas or creative areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really try and tailor at our intake meetings. Um, we're, we're really super aware of what each individual therapist brings to the team. And so, you know, there might be, you know, even this week um, an OT that's with us said, oh, look, I'm really enjoying working with those year seven or year six to year nine girls with ASD. And I said, well, let us know that because we want to, you know, we I mm. sent you one yesterday. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it's really, and, and then somebody else that's wanting to expand their mental health skills and we have a mental health OT that's been out five years that wants to supervise a younger OT. So we're really trying to play to our our team's strengths and their desires professionally. Um, and excitingly, um, I <laughs> did a, um, I was a supervisor for a fourth year um, OT student last year for the first time in about 20 years. Um, because since going into private practice, it always feels really too hard to, to do that because there's so, such an investment. But that has been a beautiful relationship and I felt safer in that because this young man had volunteered himself as one of our support workers the year before and so because of COVID, his placements were completely disrupted and we made the decision and took the risk. I think Belle and I are always, um, you know, one of us is always willing to take a risk and then the other one's not so sure but usually, you know, a little bit of going, well, what about this, what about this? We're we're supported and pushed out of the nest. (laughs) (laughs) And, And I think that has been so valuable and and we're really trying to work on the new graduate kind of support systems now we have a large team um, because it's hard work in private practice but we want to protect you know as much as we're protecting our clients we're wanting to protect our team as well and so giving our new grad the easier you know the, the fine motor gross motor riding you know they don't come in that simply these days but we can say well if you see too much mental health we've got some great psychologists you can work together but you do this yeah. and we really separate, help put the boundaries around the the role so anyway I'm talking so we've got 15 lovely OTs or slightly more I haven't actually i that's terrible. It's not my forte. I'm more gen, general big picture. Um, and about 15 psychologists, I would say, as well. I think we're a bit under that we're, because we had a couple, sadly, we lost a couple last year because they moved away because, you mm. know, three change, Adelaide change, things change. So, yeah, we're that recruitment. That's an interesting word. Um, yeah. I suppose just to follow up what Mel was saying, we, we've always, we, we try to be really cautious if we're going to recruit younger or graduate therapists, we really want to make sure we can provide yeah. them what they need. It's so important. There's the, yeah. We're not going yeah. to take anybody it's, on if we cannot yeah. provide yeah. what they need. And so um, we're really, really keen on that. And so we've erred away from that a little bit and t- tried to take people who were a little bit more experienced because um, there's no throwing anyone in at the deep end at Chrysalita. I just, I'm not, it doesn't. For the, yeah. the therapist, the clients, or the or, or, or the business, or anything, mm. but we've tried to we're trying to find those ways now to to get those. We've got some really senior therapists on board who want to be able to provide that supervision now, and they want to find that space, and we want to support them to mm. find ways and mentoring roles. We're creating these mentoring roles that are supported by Chris Alida, 
both financially and practically, and um, and it's really starting to work really, really nicely. And Mel was able to find that space to support Jake to finish his placement, and I think she really enjoyed it. It was really great for Jake. Um, and, yeah, just just doing finding these ways to be a bit more creative about how yeah. can we find that space to to make it a really safe transition for young people um, to do it to do it properly and we're starting to do that and we're feeling really good about that but it's just got to be done right if we're going to do it that's all yeah yeah years I think we had um, you know as part of our requirement initially it was five years experience or more and then it dropped back to three years experience or more. <laughs> uh, as time's gone on I, and I think as we have the resources to support the the entry I think um, we Bell and I both feel very strongly about um, highly supported um, new grad um, positions rather than, yeah, being thrown in the deep land. So it comes to weekly supervision, weekly support. And, you know, we're looking, you know, as much in our psychology team, our OT team, and we do have a speech pathology team which we are trying desperately to grow. I don't know because it's whether Bell and I are an OT and a psychologist and we have more connections that way, but... You know, we're really trying to grow our speech pathology team and find a senior who's there four days a week who can have the stream meetings and provide some extra support for that team stream. Got, at the moment, have we got three speeches? I think is it more? Four? Not enough. Not enough. Huge waiting lists, really. And because people want it, they want the services in one place. And that was the whole point. That was mm. one of one of the values of setting it up was being able to, for young people, particularly obviously young people on the spectrum and things like that, to be able to access those services in one spot because it's so much easier for families and the young people and we're just really stuck offering that third service at the moment. It's really tricky. Yeah. yeah. And we have a uh, therapist just before we finish the team. Yeah. Have, um, we just recruited um, an art therapist who actually approached us to run brick building groups this year, which we're very excited about because we were starting to get inquiries about are you providing these? We do a lot of groups. Um, but she's an art therapist and we had another art therapist. So I think we try and provide supportive peer spaces. We thought it really helpful that now we have two art therapists on the team that can talk art therapy techniques and, you know, PD things like that. And I think the other thing that Annabelle and I feel strongly about is providing formal and informal supervision and professional development opportunities. So we have a lot of that built into our um, year. And, you know, if it's any example, last year we had um, fortnightly one-hour Zoom meetings and we had most of our clinicians attending, which was extraordinary, um, yeah, for the year. So that's how we limped through last year. (laughs) (laughs) Let's kind of pause on COVID, the virus that keeps on giving. What um what were your kind of learnings from last year, business wise? Um, oh, look, I think it was, but you know, there's so many buzzwords from last year. One of them being pivot, but like we were able to pivot. We did it. Yeah. Like if you'd asked me, if you'd come to me two months before and said, next March, you're suddenly going to. The rug's going to be ripped out from under you and you're going to have to turn around and put all your therapists onto telehealth. I, I would have said I'd, I would have panicked and I would have said we can't do it. Mm. But the reality is when you have to do something, you have yeah. you can do it. I mean, yeah, it came at a time. I mean, our Preston Clinic had not been open that long. Like we were just getting momentum, just. Mm 
getting, you know, a, a role on and, and then this kind of appeared. And, and so to close, you know, two clinic stores, particularly a new one, you know, it felt a little challenging. <laughs> I think what, if, what my learnings are is... Uh, we, as therapists, both Mel- Melissa and I have a history of working in inpatient units and working in an inpatient unit, and at, particularly I will say an adolescent inpatient unit because we have, is day-to-day crisis management. Well, what we had to do last year was 12 months of crisis management. And if, you, if you've done crisis management before, the, it's just a different application of it. It is, it is communication, thorough, transparent, the mm-hmm. best communication. Communicate with your team, communicate with your business partner, communicate with your clients, communicate with your, th- you know, make sure everybody knows what, what everyone needs to be doing, what's about to happen, mm-hmm. what has happened, and what, you know, and be honest about what you don't know. Yeah, and what you haven't decided on how it's going to exactly. play and, out. And be accessible. Yeah. And I think what we learned was just make sure everybody knows that you're. we don't have all the answers. We'll get them as soon as we can. Um, we're out there doing the best we can and um, and we're here. And like, like Melissa said, you know, being accessible, I think what we learned from speaking to a few other people, you know, down the track who maybe had worked at other places was that we were maybe we were more accessible than some other people. I don't know. Our, our therapists have told us we were very accessible. They could get us on the phone if they need if they needed us because of a clinical issue. We weren't in the building with us, but we're on the other end of a phone if they needed mm-hmm. us. And you can't, and we were, we'd pick up or we'd, we'd text them and say, we'll get you back to you in an hour. Like we, and we did, mm-hmm. you know, and be accessible, communicate well. Yeah. And I think looking after your team and whether they're in the building or out of the building, we are really clear. We have subcontractors, but we are really clear. If you have a really hairy, risky um, adolescent or young person or a a, a very difficult conflict with a, a, you know, a parent or whatever it might be, if something is difficult, please make a time to debrief and talk it through and we will help you manage that. We don't expect you. You know, so I guess, you know, they're not just renting the room. They're, they're getting all of the the fluffy, you know, nice things around that that make a really mm. And I would make sure that to count... To make sure that people are aware that that's sorry, that's not just um, that's not just the young ones. That's a therapist with fifteen years' experience. That's all of them. Like we don't mm. expect because Melissa calling Bell on Monday. So. I was about to say Mel rang me because she said, "Can I just run this past you? Because I think I know what I'm doing, but I just it could, because it doesn't it doesn't matter. You can have thirty years' experience, but something can happen where you're just like, oh. I don't want to second guess myself. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a second opinion, and I will take I will offer someone a second opinion five times a week rather than have them mm-hmm. go home anxious and then have made a mistake that they then really struggle with. Like you know, yeah. So in what ways did uh, 2020 strengthen up your business for this year? Yeah, look, I think it's the flexibility, like coming from the, I mean, I I trained, Kathy, you might know some of this story, um, a couple of few years ago, I'm glad I did it a few years ago, I trained the team how to use, with support of my admin team, Halexy and how to integrate um, using the online um, database for our, you know, platform. Um, and so I felt like I you know, Belle jumped into the the job keeper and the the you know admin 
finance management and support and I jumped into how to run a therapy service online and so, you know, investigating, you know, CoView and looking at the pros and cons of that and testing it out and then training the team. So I think what we learned and and coming back, I guess, you know, even the team meeting that we had um, a couple of nights ago, um, you know, we're getting our attendance at the team meetings. Um, it's easier for, you know, therapists who work different days, who have families, do their team meeting um, online in the evening and do the PD online. So there's mm. some really nice kind of um, bonuses, I guess. We we adapted to yeah. a situation and we're like, oh, actually, that that actually feels really good. And even parent work, you know, we can't get the two parents together. Well, yes, yes, we can if we do a telehealth session. So in their lunch break or something. So I think, yeah. We'll the- use that creatively intermittently and there are definitely still you know we've got some therapists who they've come back to the clinic two days a week but they'll say I'm going to do an extra half a day and I'm going to do some telehealth because you know I'm an adolescent worker and I'm going to start seeing clients again soon but I know that there would be definitely particularly VCE students who would much rather not miss what ends up being three hours of study time by the time they get to the clinic have the session and get home Mm. when if they already know me well, they'd happily, you know, they might come in for the first two or three to get some rapport and, you know, figure out the lay of the land, but then they'd probably quite happily have um, a, a telehealth session because that's going to save them two hours of study time. Um, so if we can think creatively and continue to use that, now it all depends what the yeah. government decides to do with the uh, yeah. with the item numbers, but um, at, at least for the NDIS clients, they can they can access that. So that's something that, but we would never have thought to do that previously. It, it helps with room management flexibility. One of our OTs wanted to use the room that I'm in on a Wednesday traditionally, and she said, oh, I just would like to use it fortnightly. And I looked at the young people I was seeing and the adults on Wednesday, and half of them were actually telehealth anyway still because of their preference and likely ongoing. And so I said, well, actually, you can have that room and I'll work from home once a fortnight. And so I get to walk my dog who hasn't passed. <laughs> is good um and in the mornings and you know be in my own home make lunch at home the homework but she gets the room and and it kind of works and I thanked her the other day I said thank you I wouldn't have set that boundary myself you know I would have just done you know what we usually mm. do yeah. and I just being back in the clinic with people I do yeah. enjoy lunch breaks and things like that so yeah, yeah. okay what do your weeks look like now? To what extent are you working on the business? To what extent are you working in the in the business? Which week, Kathy? Which week? Pick a typical one. <laughs> Ours are traditionally atypical every week, but um, yeah. Oh, how does it all roll? So we meet. We are working on the business. We have a formal weekly two to three hour space together um every week unless we're doing a podcast with Kathy Love this is cool Uh, (laughs) um and and we also meet with our senior admin team um we have an intake practice manager and um an NDIS um (laughs) admin guru um so we all meet together for again an hour and a half on a, or sometimes more on a Tuesday, and we set regular, you know, at the start of a 
and we might have a half day review or you know a full day review if we feel we need it um and then Belle and I are working on the business um hmm, a lot (laughs) Um, here and there and everywhere I guess I because I haven't been seeing clients for a year and a bit um I've been working a bit more kind of in the background um liaising with accountants and doing a whole lot of other sort of thinking about ways to grow the business more in terms of recruitment and things like that and trying to solve those problems we've recently actually decided to take on someone who will be in a HR role to help us out with that Um, so trying to not do everything ourselves and actually, you know, get yeah. people who can help us with that. But that in and of itself, you know, are decisions that need to be made and people that need to be hired. So, um, but I would say, so Mel is in the clinic more because she's still doing clinical work and I will be in the clinic more doing clinical work um, soon, soonish. Mel's eyes are going wide because she's wondering when, when that will happen, hopefully soon. We won't um, announce that today. We'll just let that simmer a little longer. Yeah. It's a little teaser. Soon, soon. Hmm. Um, but it's, but I guess that it's it's not it's it's not boundaried in that respect. In that you know that we could get a call and someone needs a bit of a question answered, and it you know that's the nature. Hmm. I don't know. That's the nature of being. Yeah. We try to keep it Monday to Friday yeah. where we can of saying, well, Belle's responding these days, I'm responding these days to try and give each other a break from, you know, those, um, you know, follow-ups that need to do. But sometimes it's more, well, we've had a clinical psychologist um, approach us after she attended one of our <laughs> um, team meet case conferences with another therapist. She said, oh, this is a lovely space. And so now, you know, whilst I was trying to give Belle time off this week, I'm like, well, Belle, it probably makes sense for you to have that conversation as the senior mm. psych. Um, well, that's fine. And that's, that's appropriate, you know, that's that's the way the way it works. But uh, it's, so it's, a, it's a bit piecemeal, but it... Generally speaking, we do then at times try to give each other good, clean blocks off here and there as well to give each other a break, yeah. And we try and be responsive, not reactive. We have got better at that. Um, I'm possibly talking about myself more than than Belle. We, we won't we mention that either. <laughs> no, 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 I think we are. I think we're more responsive than reactive. We yeah, we give time. Like I'll think about that for the next couple of days, and then I'll get back to you with a really clear picture. And I think you know we don't have to answer everything straight away. And really, even putting the boundaries on our admin team, who will say, "Well, what do we do about this?" I said, "Well, let's do it at business on Tuesday. We do not need to do that particular right afternoon at three o'clock." So. Yeah. I guess setting boundaries is something else that I've learned over 15 years. Mm. Yeah, mm. I've been running a business yeah. later. But, yeah, you learn about those boundaries um, and re- protect your time as well. Yeah. Are you enjoying the business side of things more and more as it goes along? <laughs> <laughs> um, silence, hysterical <laughs> laughter. I think it, I got, look, Kathy. I think it depends what week you ask us. Um, if you'd asked us, like, to be completely honest, around about October last year, Mel and I probably had. It, it's interesting. It's interesting when you've been, like you said, um, in a business marriage for as long as we have. You do, you do become quite in sync, and I think 
the exact same week, I don't know whether it's the exact same day and hour, but the, definitely the same week, we had both had our first experience of going, do we want to keep doing this? Because we had had what I would describe as hand grenade after hand grenade yeah. after hand grenade after hand grenade thrown at us, where mm. each of us was dealing with a hand grenade every, so there were multiple every day. And we were, and it was just whether it was, you know, issues with clients, therapists, technology, finances, it was just boom, 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 boom. And I think we both got to the point where, is this actually worth it? Yeah. When, Myers is looking good. <laughs> oh, look, floristry. From, from what I know, almost everyone who's a psychologist at some point dreams of being a florist. Correct. There's a ton of OTs also who are keen on the florists. I tell you what, I could buy a yep. lot of flowers. If we sold that one of those sensory gyms, I could buy a lot of flowers. But anyway, um, no, I just, it, and it was really interesting. It was like, oh, my God, we both had the same experience. Mm. But last year was definitely the Over most, year. you know, it was the most stressful year. And, um, and of course, that on top of, as everyone, and I'm not saying that we were unique in this respect, mm. we're both trying to homeschool our children um, as well, and we both, you know, went through some other stuff that was going on as well that we were juggling. And so I think it was it was cumulative. But in the end, when we sat and we calmed down and we thought about it, well, no, we've invested a lot and actually it's just about to take up. It's about to go up. It's mm. You know, we've just opened this second practice. And if we can get over this hump, there's literally this one hurdle of just finding a few more therapists to come and join us because we've got therapists who are with us for 10 years and, you know, beautiful Sarah who left us after 10 years just because she moved away who's who said you know like it's just been the most amazing nurturing beautiful place to work uh you know how do we bottle her and send her out into the world you know to to tell other people if we can get over that then oh absolutely if, it, we, if I don't have to do COVID year yeah and I must say I, I have come in probably um <laughs> in my very enthusiastic excited way I love professional development I love um supervision and I realized last year I was probably really fine on you know I'm going to disclose this on on the PD I would have passed because of all the PD we did online yeah However, I missed that part and so um, I realised the first week that my son went back to school. Um, we had a team picnic in the Edinburgh Gardens, which was really lovely, you know, children sprawled on blankets and puppies and dogs and partners and friends. It was just really nice. Um, and then I had a, an OT stream meeting for three hours in person, which felt like a luxury. Gosh confronting all those humans I was, I was exhausted afterwards I you know not sure why but yeah. sensory overload <laughs> yeah and then yeah and then we had a an amazing psych child and adolescent psychiatrist come in to do a group supervision session mm. for the mental health um, team so I, I think craving I, I think I'm now I, it's fair to say October I was I was just ready to go I've had I'm done um, thank goodness for a business partner who said, no, you're not. You're okay. You'll be all right. Yeah. I'll We've got, logical We've got more to get done. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you, but it makes no logical sense. We need to think about this logically. Yeah. I put my logical hat yeah. on. But, yeah, Belle talked yeah. through the logic, which she's great at. Oh, I'm sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And coming back this year, I do feel re-inspired and, you know, I'm, you know, wanting to... And, and with a HR person, you know, I guess that's exciting too because we're creating and developing her role and, yeah, anyway, it, it does feel better. I think maybe what you're saying is last year was like a complete drain but yeah. with none of the top-up, the stuff that feeds us. 
Yeah. And so now coming back within a couple of weeks, you've actually had some stuff put back in your basket and it's already starting to feel good. Yeah. 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 It does feel good. It feels really good in in that team space. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I observed significant exhaustion and depletion across October, November last year and December, you know, was just getting over the line more so than any other any mm. other year. Oh. So if we think about 2021, what do you, have you got any predictions? What do you what do you think's gonna happen? You can go global, you can go local. What do you reckon? What's on the cards? <laughs> Recruitment, obviously. Fill our rooms and and more. Um, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I think. I think I want to. I just want to. Firstly, make sure everyone who's back, you know, they've all come back, and we could not be more happy and grateful and just enamoured and just so impressed with our team. Like they're just the most amazingly, amazingly resilient, talented just incredible bunch of individuals to be working with there aren't there aren't superlatives for them um but I just want to make sure that they are settled back in and that they're happy and that they've got what they need Mm. whether that is you know emotional resources um physical resources whatever I really want to bed them back in I think that's really really important obviously add to the team we need a one of each discipline at least and just just to fill those gaps because Mel and I have never been big fans of wait, wait lists. Um, we just don't like them at all. I, I don't like the idea of people waiting for treatment. It just, uh, I go, maybe it's the ad, particularly the adolescent therapist in me, the idea of a 14-year-old girl who's struggling sitting out there waiting. I just don't like it at all. And it, mm. I have two 14-year-old girls right now. Um, mm. but it grates even more. It's very close to home. The idea, you know, I, I don't like that. And so you know, finding a way to do something about that um, and then and then just enjoying, you know, enjoying being able to actually be together. I think the enjoyment of being together and I think, you know, um, part of supporting our team to come back into the clinic, like mm-hmm. yesterday I saw one of our psychologists that's been, <laughs> I've seen her on Zoom over the past 12 months, but I hadn't seen her in person for a while. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, isn't your first day face-to-face mm-hmm. Because I found it very tiring. Yeah, like, yeah. A couple of weeks, I was exhausted, but now I'm energized by it. But I mm. was letting her know that process. That this, <laughs> and and making a time to have lunch, in you know, making a time to go for a coffee. I think those are the little things, yeah. and those are the things that I love. And that's because I'm in. Mm. I can just kind of do a bit more of that and Belle does that too so I think those are the things that keep your team you know nurtured and looked after and um yeah uh, yeah so I think enjoying that space because you're really grateful for it this year and look it could be like the other thing is we don't know we have to be you know going back into you know hopefully not but we you know we we might have to do some type of management of that too this year but what's different is that we know how to do that I guess yeah successfully yeah as well yeah so in the last few minutes I'd love to hear from each of you about um, just a couple of words of wisdom for perhaps business owners out there who are seriously contemplating a future in floristry or or retail what uh, 
what would you like to share with them? It's worth it. Mm. I would start to say it is worth it, but it is possibly more work than you think it's going to be, but that doesn't mean it's not worth it. Mm. So I don't think it was more work than I thought it was. I think I always knew it because I watched my parents run their own business. Mm. So I had a I had a childhood, well, they started their own business pretty much when I was about 12. So I'd watched that happen. I knew it was long hours. I knew it was intrusive and I knew that, you know, but I also saw, saw that it was worth it, worthwhile for them too, mm. that I, that they saw it was worth it. So I think I, but I, I think if you have, if you don't know anyone, if you've never observed it, then you're not necessarily as aware that it will intrude, it, it has little tendrils that go into every area of your life. Um, and it is the first few years in particular, like, you know, the phone not ringing and no one coming in the door for three, four days at a time can be quite demoralising mm. and confronting and scary. So be prepared for that. And if you're prepared to not make any money and actually have to pay put more money in, regardless of what the business is, for for quite a while, it's worth it if you can stick at it. It really is because it's really rewarding when it works. Mm. I think my, yeah, biggest thing about going into business is finding, you know, a, um, a, a business uh, finding a partnership or, you know, whether that's one person, whether that's two people, I, I think finding a co- like-minded person that you can share the space, yeah. sharing the workload has been, you know, critical in, I think, Annabelle and I, um, looking after each other, looking after, which means that we can then look after the team um, and and that has been crucial and I think just nurturing we talked about before we came here we had to do a lot of marketing but we would spend an hour with talking with a um a room of GPs or pediatricians and we would invest in our relationships in the community and I think those and with schools I think those are the that's where we developed our reputation mm. with those relationships and those collaborations. And, and that being being a partnership where, you know, there never would have been a time where Mel <clears throat> felt any hesitancy to ring me up and say, I, I hope, I don't think there would have been, to say, hey, um, this GP practice wants us to go out next Thursday, are you free? Like she never would have thought, oh, I can't ask Annabelle that. Of course you can and of course I'm going to say yes Like and vice versa, knowing mm. that we're both equally committed. I think if you've got yeah. a partner that is you, you don't want to have someone you know the the phrase walking on eggshells if if if, the, if you can't be honest and open and if you can't trust them yeah. to be putting in as much as you it's not going to work it's yeah. just not going to work yeah yeah that is a perfect perfect uh, spot to um to kind of finish up it has just been such a delight hearing where all of the crazy is up to and that uh you cocooned yeah what crazy sorry i'll retract that no, no, so crazy. much crazy is what i said so much oh so much um you know you cocooned last year and kind of good to go good to go for uh this year going forward so thank you so much for coming in and sharing it up i've just i've just i've been writing notes just enthralled with what you've got done it's beautiful thanks kathy and thanks for asking us thanks for having us oh pleasure pleasure all righty thanks guys thank you bye i hope you enjoyed today's episode of the private practice made perfect podcast for show notes and other resources, 
please visit practicemadeperfectpodcast.com. While you are there, you can subscribe for future episodes and continue your business adventure with me. And please be sure to share this and other episodes with your friends and colleagues. The Private Practice Made Perfect podcast is brought to you by Experts on Air Podcast Network.